Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. More news at 1130. Breaking news when it happens. I'm Jonathan O'Brien, 95.5 WSB. Well, would you look at that? Management here at WSB Radio was crazy enough to give me my own show. Yeah, that's right. You're hearing me, Jared Yamamoto. You usually hear me on the Von Hessler Doctrine, and this is my new show, The Nightcap with Jared Yamamoto. And you can hear me and my friends every Saturday evening from 11 to midnight from here until the end of time right here on 95.5 WSB. You might be wondering, uh, what in the world is the nightcap with Jared Yamamoto? And I am here to tell you that the nightcap with Jared Yamamoto is going to be kind of an adventure into my brain. All the things that I've collected from this past week, like all the the news stories that maybe on the Von Hessler Doctrine I didn't get a chance to get to, or maybe there were some things that were really, really interesting where I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what, I... I really want to bring this to the table. So this is this is my baby here, and I am really, really excited to be sharing my Saturday evenings with you out there. So we're going to have a little bit of fun, but we're also not afraid to cover the big stories that happened this week, and they make it a little serious. I will tell you that each week there might be moments where I do this show by myself, but this week, I luckily, I have most of my players that you have heard on my other show, The Power Pod, out in Athens, Georgia, I have my friend Randy O with me, which, you know, she is uh, wonderful at knowing all of the trends that are going on in the news cycle. She also really, really is up to date on the entertainment scene, so I'm really happy to have her with me this week. Say hi, Randy O. Come hey, on. Hey, y'all. See, there's Randy o. She's hanging out with, uh, with me this evening. Also, I've got to her left, I've got Christina Aiklin. We call her Tina on the show. Tina is just, when it comes to social media and TikTok, I would say, I know there's crossover when it comes to trends and TikTok, but Tina understands all that stuff great. So, so Tina, so you can say hi to everybody as well over there. How you doing? So you'll be uh, entertaining the folks here in Atlanta. And also, across from me, uh, he is, I, I would say he is Mr. Atlanta, but we're both Mr. Atlanta here in this case, because we both were born and raised here in this great city, we understand this city like no one else. This is insight into the Atlanta area that you will not find on Atlanta radio anywhere. None of none other than Mike Boozer. You know him as a traffic reporter here on WSB. He also uh, goes by Mike B on some of our other programs here. But you're going to go with Mike Boozer, right, for uh, for the nightcap with Jerry Yamamoto, right? Yeah, I think you know everybody knows me. Exactly. Everybody knows me. People know you. You know, but the cool thing about our stories together, man, is, again, like I lived all around Metro Atlanta and, you know, listened to the radio scene for most of my life. And you grew up loving radio, too, but you kind of grew up inside the perimeter. 32 years. Yeah, exactly, for your entire life. And then now, it's funny, our roles have reversed. Now I'm inside the perimeter, and you're outside the perimeter. Right. <laughs> so with our insight, nowhere else in Atlanta radio, you're going to get this kind of familiarity with the area. So you should be very lucky listening out there. Also, uh, flying the ship, making sure that everything is all in the right place. You know him from the Von Hessler Doctrine. He uh, is the producer of 
of the nightcap with Jared Yamamoto. It's none other than George Clark. Hello. So look at that. So all of the players are in place. You'll get a chance to hear from some from uh, special guests throughout the show as well. But there are things that have been on my mind through this week. Like, number one, we've got to talk about all of the latest updates with Cop City. I mean, there are so many layers to this story. I know it's a little heavy for a Saturday evening, so I promise you we will try to find the fun way to discover the craziness that went on at City Hall earlier this week. Also, the Live Golf and PGA Tour merged together. That's been quite a big story. A lot of people have been talking about that. A lot of outrage on both sides of golf, honestly. And this, a lot of the Live Golfers were like, I left the PGA for a reason. And a lot of the PGA Golfers were like, well, you know, like, or a lot of the PGA Golfers were like, we broke away because we didn't want to be connected with Saudi money. So we'll get into the ins and outs of that. Obviously, the Canadian wildfires that caused the Northeast air scare, as I'm calling it now, where you know New York was engulfed in, and uh, New York City, I should say, was engulfed in uh, just a really orange smog that was really, really unique to the eyes when you looked at the pictures and everything of it. But man, it was it was just breathtaking looking at those images. Thankfully, most of that has moved out now. We got impacted a little bit here in Metro Atlanta too, but nothing like what they saw up in the Northeast. Some notable presidential announcements. I promise you, believe me, if we go through the entire list now, we'll run out of this hour here because there was a ton of presidential election, uh, presidential announcements that happened this week. Morgan Wallen is back on tour. Apple released their new inexpensive VR device, uh, only a cool, uh, what, $3,900 or something like that for that VR device. You know, just Not casual. quite, $3,500. Oh, $3,500. Much more affordable. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, just a, a cool $3,500 for their new mm-hmm. uh, virtual reality device they released. And the news that everyone wants to know, Taylor Swift and Maddie oh, Healy broke up. Gosh. Why did it happen? We'll cover all that here on the Nightcap with Jared Yamamoto. The story that I am really, really intrigued with, though, I heard this audio earlier this week, and it was just uh, breathtaking. We didn't get a chance to get to it on the Von Hessler Doctrine, which you usually hear from 4 to 7 right here on 95.5 WSB. But Pete Davidson was in the headlines. You know, It was obviously a huge SNL star known for kind of uh, batting above his weight there a little bit with his uh, lady life, too. That's kind of one of the, you know... His big, uh, his big claims to fame there, you know, with Kim Kardashian and some of the other ladies that he's dated, but there was quite a scare with Peta this week. And and Randy, you know, you you love these trends and everything like that. Why in the world was was Peta upset with Pete Davidson of all people? Because it seems like that that's just an odd combo. Like I can understand like a girlfriend getting upset with him yes. and being mad, but. Pete Davidson, I mean, he, he seems like a like a stand-up guy. He seems like he'd have like a bunch of cats and a bunch of dogs. What's wrong with that? Well, for one, they're upset that, um, you know, he got, a, he got a new puppy dog, right? And he did not adopt. That was the first thing. Mm. You know, all of the, he didn't get an adoption dog. He didn't get it from a shelter. But even more so because he had to give the dog back because of allergies. And they're just shredding him a new one. Oh, okay. They're shredding him a new one. Well, I think that... He got kind of the ultimate uh, <laughs> clap back at them when he found out that they were ca- calling him out. They're like, oh, you know, like Pete Davidson doesn't like to adopt. He likes to shop. And mm-hmm. that's a big thing, by the way. People that decide to go to like the puppy mills and everything like that, you know, that's uh, that's pretty frowned upon. Even me, Jared Jumamoto, I would say, you know, go ahead. You know, the, the Atlanta Humane Society is a great place to find a pet, but it, maybe you're out in Forsyth or something like that. Go to the Forsyth Humane Society. Yeah. Even some of the animal uh, animal control centers like that. You can go there and, and find great animals that need homes now. So I agree with PETA's message, but it seems like there must have been some kind of misunderstanding after hearing this voicemail. Hi, my name's Pete Davidson. This message is for Daphna. 
um, the scene. Uh, thank you so much for making comments publicly that I didn't adopt a dog. I just want to let you know I'm severely allergic to dogs, so I have to get a specific breed. I'm only not allergic to Cavapoos and those type of dogs. And my mom's dog, who was two years old, died a week prior, and we're all so sad, so I had to get a specific dog. So why don't you do your research before you create news stories for people because you're a boring, tired fuck you and suck my Good lord. Oh, and I, hey, hey, at least he ran all the time perfectly there in a message like that. But for Pete Davidson, come on, you're better than that. Like, just all you have to do is go out there and, and publicly go on social media and say, hey, like, there's a misunderstanding here. Pete is reacting a certain way about it. Like this is this is silly to me. And Randy, you're getting you're getting fired up over there. You go ahead. Yes, because you know, Peter to me sometimes they're very intrusive and you know, they really try to go out and I feel like ruin your life. You know what I mean? So I can understand like the level of aggression, you know, for him. maybe not the most professional way to handle it. However, Peter be doing the most. I'm not really upset that he had to go and give him those words because it's like at the end of the day we want to save an animal. Who doesn't matter if it was adopted or if you got it from a puppy meal or from a shelter, like you're still giving a fur baby a home and did not have that you're giving lots of love. This is where here on the Nightcap with Jared Yamamoto, I think that you <laughs> should prioritize the, the for when it comes to animals. Make sure that you prioritize animal shelter or animal control first because those are the animals that are going to get euthanized. Like that, So that's the one that I would prioritize first. If you can't find the right fit there, then you go to the Humane Society. Thankfully, most Humane Societies, I believe, I believe that that is their claim to fame is that they do not they did not kill at all, but check on that George Clark real quick. And then you go to the pet stores and and for some reason you're like, oh, I couldn't find the right fit there, which you should by going through all those different layers there, find the right fit and find the right animal for your home. But where I think I agree with you, Randio, is the shaming part. Like, I mean, we don't need to be shamed for this stuff. It's just, it's life is too short to be shaming celebrities to try to think, oh, he's on the wrong side of history now. Let's try to cancel Pete Davidson for getting the for getting the dog from or getting a dog from the wrong place, right? Yeah. And I think that's why he was so fired up in that voicemail there. But Pete Davidson, you know, cool it down there, Calm buddy, down. a little bit. You got to yeah. relax, man. Just just chill out a little bit. It's okay, you know. There, they had an assumption about you, and they were wrong. And maybe you had a bad day, but you know what? Go home, take a deep breath, and leave a, a voicemail that sounds a little clearer and a little more coherent. Yes, maybe you can Clark. find a Cali Poo at the Humane Society where they do not kill animals. Yes, right. thank you. Thank you for confirming that there, George Clark. I knew that I had that right there. Because I remember as a kid, like when there were a couple animals that we adopted, and it was always made they always made it a point when we go to these humane societies, whether it was Clayton County where I lived for a little while or Fayette County and we were looking at cats and dogs they're always like okay we will this animal will be here you don't have to worry about it you go to the animal control or the animal shelter and it's like oh that dog's or cat's only got 13 days or something it's like oh boy you know you better take care of them while you can so all that being said I think both sides were a little aggressive here and they could have handled this a little bit better when we come back on the nightcap with Jared Yamamoto I promise you we'll get into this cop city conversation we gotta we'll be level headed and measured unlike what we're seeing on both sides of the argument. That is the promise you get from me, Jared Yamamoto.
Welcome back to Atlanta's newest radio show, The Nightcap, with yours truly, Chair Yamamoto. Kind of getting used to all of uh, these uh, ins and outs things and everything. I'm really excited to be with you guys and so pumped to finally have my own show here on 95.5 WSB. I know you heard from a little bit of the gang earlier that I've uh, brought along with me. Some of my friends and colleagues here in the building that have been hanging out with me. Don't you worry. We'll get back to hanging out with them here. But I happen to walk out on our – we have a, this huge, huge like kitchenette area and break room here at WSB. And I, I was looking out on what we call the the smoker's porch and happened to find my buddy Tim Andrews out there. So I had to, I had to bring him in. Tim, what, what the hell are you doing here so late on a Saturday night? Well, you know, I got thrown out of the house. I figured I'd just come down here and sleep on the porch where it's nice and muggy. And I brought all my cigarettes with me. And, you know, it smells good by the ashtray. You know, it reminds me of being a little kid. No, I, I, you, I'm just just here to say hi and support you. I appreciate you, you hanging out and, and saying hi. I mean, everything is okay in the home life, though. Yes, right. yes, that was a joke. Okay, good. Yes. I'm, I'm just making sure everything's yes. everything's okay. I'm glad that you're here to hang out with uh, with me here on the nightcap with Jared Yamamoto, which I saw you were listening outside too. I don't don't think you were trying. I saw you trying to hide that phone over there. You were definitely listening to the show. No, it wasn't a phone. I have an old transistor radio from the '70s, so I'm listening on uh, the AM signal because I like to hear the air. Hey, you and know, the pops and stuff. We call it the nifty 750. Or if you're listening then, yeah, on the AM, okay, it's very nifty on <laughs> the AM signal. So Tim, now that I've got you, man, I. I have to ask, okay, you've been doing podcasts for a little over a year now, mm-hmm. and what I'm curious for is I, I need some advice going into this, because obviously, you know, I got one segment down, which is great. You know, I feel, I feel really, really comfortable now. I, I, you know, shook off some of the jitters a little bit, but I need your help here, because I mean, I didn't think I'd be nervous going into my what? first show, but right. but but you 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 are a radio expert, man. I, <laughs> I look up to you so much, and you don't Aww. realize it. I look up to you. I look up to Eric. I look up to... Eric Erickson, I look up to all of oh, these that's great, great. Thank you. All of these great voices. I brought you an apple tartlet. Mark Aram too, as well. Hey, buddy. See, I, I look up I to all of you guys because I want to learn. I want to you know continue to get better and better as a broadcaster, and then also add you know my own spin, my own Jerry Yamamoto flavor. So, what is the advice you can give me since I've got you so late at night? Now, what's going on? I don't think you need to be nervous. You're a professional. You've been doing the um, you've been doing the Power Pod for a long time now. This is your thing. This is what do you got? A one hour show, right? That's right. One hour. Uh, keep it concise. When I first started doing the podcast, I was nervous because it became something other than what it was originally intended to be. And it's more of an interview, laid back, relax. I'm curious. If I have somebody in here that I want to talk to, I'm very curious about why uh, they do what they do. And it's usually pop culture related. 99.9% of it is cult- pop culture related. And it's usually Atlanta centered. So just be calm. You know what you're doing. You're good at what you're doing. Uh, and don't be afraid. Don't have the jitters. I know you do because it's your first one. And sometimes I still do, depending on who the guest is. But know your material. Know what you're going to talk about. And then it's smooth sailing. Like you're you're going to be comfortable. And uh, and you know you know what I'm talking about. Of course, I, I feel like you know the, the funny thing that it really brings me back to is growing up. I, I loved late night radio a lot. Like me I too. used to, I used to listen to. The Braves broadcast back then. I've always been a diehard Atlanta fan of almost everything. Falcons, Braves, Hawks, you name it. Uh, Dream, you name it. All, all the Atlanta teams here. I uh, it, it Really doing this now and getting this feel is bringing me back to those memories and feeling like it is my obligation to the city of Atlanta to give back to all of give that. Back. That's to, right. To all of that great radio that was provided to me growing up, which initially got me in the industry. And I feel like 
your story is kind of similar too. It is. Because we've talked about this before, where where you 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 love radio in general. We're both radio nerds, and so that's why we love what we do, and we do a bazillion hours on the air every single week, and we just do this because we really really. That's love how it. I went to sleep at night listening to talk radio from a station that was a hundred thousand miles away, you know. And my mother. When I was 13 for Christmas, got me a shortwave radio. It was a boombox, but it was, you know, it had an AM, FM, TV, because you used to be able to pick up the TV signal on the radio. But also it was shortwave. And I was listening to, uh, it was the Soviet propaganda station coming out, Radio Moscow, (laughs) or I'd listen to the BBC, and or I'd find something I didn't even understand. Or it, it was just really, really cool to me, just knowing that things were floating through the air. Now everything's digital and satellite and HD, but the real the frequencies that that are that have always existed that they found a way to bounce all this stuff on that was cool to me, and it still is. You know, um, again, you know, sometimes if I'm driving late at night or if I'm on a road trip or something, I get disappointed if it's not live. Because if I can tell it's taped, and we both work in radio, of we course. know. You can know immediately. I mean, my taped. show, the podcast, I record it every week because it's easier to get guests during the week than it is to come in on a Saturday sure. at 7. But, um, it, you know, those those overnight call-in shows were always fascinating. I miss the Art Bell days. You know, that the thing he created is still around. But, um, you know, it feels like you're connected because that's one thing that radio does that nothing else can do is make you feel connected. Whatever's coming out of that speaker, you're locked into it on the dial, but you're also mentally locked into it. So you're listening to the host, you're listening to what the caller's saying to the host and vice versa, and you're a part of that show. Like, you're invited to that table to sit down. What I hope, Tim Andrews, then, see, look at that, we're, we're coming from the same vein here. Different generations, you're a Gen Xer, I'm a millennial, and the, the thing that's constant here is that radio brought uh, a sense of comfort to our lives. We really, really enjoy just consuming the the information that we were getting and feeling the warmth that radio provided. So hopefully if you're out here in Atlanta and you're listening right now to the Nightcap with Jared Yamamoto for the first time, I provide that same standard for you as well, along with everybody that's been involved with the show. We appreciate you guys so much for hanging out with us. Got another half hour after news, weather, and traffic right here on 95.5 WSB. More news at 12 o'clock. Breaking news as it happens. I'm Josie Rock, 95.5 WSB. What a nice surprise to have Tim Andrews, of all people, on the inaugural episode of The Nightcap with Jared Yamamoto. I swear, I didn't really buy his story, though, about him just hanging around there on the porch like that. He said, oh, I'm fine out there. But I'm like, you know, in case you don't know, here on WSB, or here at WSB, we have our own little smoker's porch where everybody that smokes, which I'm not going to out anybody else. Tim is an open smoker. For those that are not open smokers here in the radio biz, I don't want to out you like that. But there's a big porch here. And Tim was just wandering out there. But he gave some good insight. Mm-hmm. I mentioned to him that I had a little bit of the jitters earlier on his show, you know, going into this show. Because, I mean, this is uh, this is the first time that I've been able to do my thing, the Jared Yamamoto thing here with, with my name attached to it. So it's it's been uh, already a lot of fun in the first half hour. But we have a lot of stories that we have to get to, and I could talk about all the, you know, reasons why I love nighttime radio. But believe me, well, that'll be saved for the next couple of weeks. You'll get a chance to know all of us much, much more over the next couple of weeks. Um, by the way, while we were researching what to call this segment here for the show, where we cover the stories from the week, for some reason, night talk kept coming up there, and you know, Randia was a little worried about us calling the segment night talk because she was worried that people might assume that it meant something, you know, kind of sexy or something like that. Like, and I'm like, I'm like, Randy, so like, you think that people would like assume like, like bed talk instead of night talk, like, like a little, 
I'm like, oh, oh. well, okay, wow, now, Randy, oh that, that's a little aggressive there to be thinking. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, I, <laughs> this is WSB. We still have some class over here. We will not be going to bed talk. This is night talk where we cover the big stories that we just could not miss from this week. Um, story that I promise again. Waited a couple segments here, Mike B. I know that you're going to be the expert on this because you're my Atlanta brother here. So when it comes to uh, Cop City, man, there's a lot of stories Ooh. that have come out this week. Number one, you had the all the protesters at City Hall where they were getting really, really upset about it. The vote came down 11 to 4 in favor of building Cop City in uh, South Atlanta. Then the protesters or the... I won't even say that. That's a, that's a negative term here. You know what? I want to be, I want to be nice about it. I want to say the uh, the negative voters towards or the or the people that are opposers. The opposers. Yeah. Thank you, George Clark. The opposers of Cop City were very much you know like on top of things. And they said, okay, well, if we get over seventy thousand signatures, we can make it a ballot initiative in November. But you have to get that number in before June 16th, I believe. But what is the latest on this now, Mike B? Oh, well, right now, uh, Governor Kemp is being very supportive of the new Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. And uh, his goal right now, he is he wants to protect it from opposers. But, of course, they're using the term protesters. Right. And so at this point, uh, I, it, it's, it's a lot for the city of Atlanta because they do have to get that vote in by June 16th. Um, and at this point, people people are just clearly upset and not in agreement with this new training facility well, for so, several different reasons. So I, I, I think that there is disagreement with it out there, but I think that the silent majority is actually in control here. And also, I've brought this up before on the Von Hessler Doctrine mm-hmm. many times here, that I think that there was a handshake deal. The fact that Governor, Governor Kemp got involved here by saying that he is going to protect it and make sure that state resources are going to be used to protect it says to me that our mayor, Andre Dickens, and Governor Kemp talked about yeah. what, what, what would happen here, basically. He's, I think, and this is all speculation here. This is all from Jared Yamamoto here. My speculation is that if Buckhead had left Atlanta and became its own city, Buckhead City is what they wanted to call themselves. Mm-hmm. If that had happened, Cop City would not have happened. Right. But in order to keep Buckhead as a part of Atlanta, that was the handshake deal. It's like, okay, I will support you and I will support uh, Atlanta staying together, but you have to support Cop City in this case. There's always wheeling and dealing that's going on here. And I oh, feel yeah. like for these opposers, I like that term a lot better than protester because I feel like protester immediately puts them in a bin where it's like they're just against it. They're uh, they're just antagonizers almost, right? right? So I like the term opposer better. I think that these people that are involved in this movement need to understand that, and I understand why they're upset, right? Like I get it. There's been a lot of things that have happened with cops in the past that have has been questionable behavior, right? But I, for one, am an Atlanta resident and. I have seen my neighborhood in particular go downhill over the past couple of years. The fact that I had to sit on hold waiting for a 911 operator is not acceptable, which, again, that doesn't take away anything that happened over the past couple of years with bad cops out there. I think the majority of cops are actually good and decent for the city of Atlanta. And I think instead of saying we're going to burn it down no matter what, that being Cop City, we need to really, really – let this play out and understand, like, and and see that hey, you know what? If if cop if cop relations with the community 
go sour after this thing is built for three or four years, mm-hmm. then that that that's when you really go to City Hall and you load these people out. But without an accurate sample size, we cannot make that conclusion because this kind of behavior that happened from the opposers, though I understand why emotions are really, really high about this topic, I thought that this was a little much to me. Yeah, the idea Cop City will never be built, and then also when the vote came down. Of course, not happy about it, those that were vocally against it. But I, I liked uh, during the open conversations about it, I really liked uh, what this individual did. This was my favorite thing that happened this week. Noah Grigby, you'll have up to two minutes. Listen to this, guys. Saved paradise, put up a city for cops. With a shooting range and a fake bar on a fake block. Yeah. Oh, they're snapping. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? They paved paradise, put up a city for cops. At least I have to give them creativity uh, there. No. So that's <laughs> no. that's good. You don't I like don't it, Tina? That. Please, no. <laughs> So, but you're an Atlanta At resident. Least be on on tone. You're please. an you're, you're an Atlanta resident, and you know what? It's better than the noisy booze and stuff like that. Come on, now, teens. That sounds more musical than what I just heard. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. So, so Tina, I'm being dramatic. She she wants the vanilla type of uh, arguments there instead of the the clever ones actually that wrote a song to articulate their point of view. Which again. Everybody has their right to articulate what side they're on mm-hmm. on this case. Yeah. That's the part that I'm having trouble with. People are saying, like, well, you're just completely wrong about it. I'm like, no. Like, articulate your argument and then convince enough people to why this training facility shouldn't be built. Or, on the other side, convince a bunch of people why it should be built. Not mm-hmm. just, you know, you're an idiot for, for going this way. So, I'm just, you know, just just it's just crazy to me. So, again, the, the latest update might be just to... Reiterate here is that Governor Kemp is going to protect the actual facility while it's being constructed. Because, I mean, there have been people that have suggested that they were going to rip it down the second it would even start construction. Am I yeah. am I wrong? Governor Kemp, uh, basically state law enforcement would assist the city of Atlanta and DeKalb County in protecting the site while the training center is built. Because you do have opposers that are willing and ready to be basically in the way and of course we have seen where what we call first amendment right protesting can lead to and one of the i think you hit it on there about trying to convince people well i think one problem has been is the marketing of cop city instead of a first uh a a law enforcement and first responder training facility uh that that's the problem right there because it's not just for cops and if you're from the city of Atlanta, like you said, it's bad cops, good cops. We know this. Majority of the cops are in the field to protect and serve. And if you're from the city of Atlanta, like all cities, there are mishaps and things that do go wrong. But you cannot discredit the city of Atlanta Police Department for some of the great things they have done. And let's just say in the last 30 years. And they've, there's been some bad stuff. Sure. But at the end of the day, give them credit. Totally agree with you, Mike B. I think that there is just... A lot of anger with this story right now, and people are just clenching their fists when the message from me, Jerry Yamamoto, should be 
hey, why don't you just unclench those fists a little bit and try to talk to each other so that way maybe you can understand why somebody would have the perspective whether they're for or against the police training facility in South Atlanta, otherwise known as Cop City. But, hey, look, we got a lot of other stories to get to. We're not going to solve this issue in just one week. Thankfully, we are on every single week from 11 to midnight right here on 95.5 WSB. I saw this story that was super interesting here where apparently a crocodile was found to have made herself pregnant in the first known, quote, virgin birth. This is from Sky News here. Now, if you don't know George Clark from the Von Hessler Doctrine, he likes these kind of uh, whimsical, strange stories like this. So what what is the gist of this here, George Clark? There's so, no way. She's not named Mary, but she has had a virgin birth. The <laughs> crocodile has, that has been kept in, in, in captivity in a zoo and has had no contact with males has had a fully formed fetus discovered in one of her eggs. So virgin births... As you know, as strange as they are to humans, they are not strange to all animals. There are snakes, fish, and lizards that have had them, but uh, this is the first crocodile that that's, has had a virgin ever birth. Had, okay, so we're positive that no uh, no fellas got in there with her, right? We're positive. <laughs> we're that this positive. Did. Okay, all right. I want to find out more about that when we return with more of the Nightcap with Jared Dumbledore. Welcome back to the Nightcap with Jared Yamamoto right here on 95.5 WSB. We're on every Saturday from 11 to midnight. You usually hear me on the Von Hessler Doctrine. I am Jared Yamamoto, and you'll get a chance to hear me with some of my friends throughout the week. So obviously this week I've got Randy O, my friend that you hear on the Mark Aram show all the time doing Millennial Match Game. She also is on my Athens show, The Power Pod, with me as well. Uh, Tina, you get a chance to hear her on The Power Pod. She's been doing a great job. Uh, Mike Boozer doing uh, traffic here on WSB, also on my radio show out in Athens, The Power Pod. And George Clark, you know him from the Von Hessler Doctrine. So what we're doing here this week is we're just going through a segment that we call Night Talk here on the Nightcap with Jared Omido. And again, get your mind out of the gutter if you're thinking. (laughs) We don't want, that's not the kind of thing that we're talking about when it comes to Night Talk here. George Clark was just talking about this crazy story about a crocodile that apparently got pregnant by itself. I want to get to that, but first, there was uh, another story that we just had to get to here. Um, This story was huge because I don't know if you guys heard about that Jurassic World uh, exhibition that opened up a couple weeks ago. And then you had some kids that got in there that caused $250,000 in damages. I'm glad that they were able to recover everything, but man... What in the hell do you have to do in one of those exhibitions to cause $250,000 worth of damage? I mean, were they specific about this at all, Mike B., with what, what the damages were? It's basically the damage forced the it, it forced them to close down, but you're talking about 18 like, I mean, months of design that they put together. Right. So, like, I mean, do they, like, cut off, like, a Brachiosaurus's head or something like that? I mean, how do you do that? How do you cause that much damage? I mean, these were just... Young kids that were being stupid. Like, I, I'm pretty lenient about that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not, not here to encourage anybody to go out there and go trash, you know, any kind of institution like that. But I remember being 18, and we all have our moments like that where we're just a little stupid in those moments mm-hmm. like that. So while people in the comment section I saw on WSBRadio.com, they were like, oh, you know, these kids should never see light again. It's like, no, screw you. It's like, come on now. You were 18 once. You did dumb things. But 
my question that we have to find out before next week is how in the hell did they cause $250,000 worth of damages? So from uh, one lizard group to another lizard group, this crocodile here. So George Clark, you are positive. You're positive that no. They've done the tests. It's 100% confirmed virgin birth crocodile. The fetus was 99.9 genetically identical to the mother, confirming it had no father. So this is a genuine virgin birth wow. in the reptile world. Okay, now I know that we've talked about frogs and everything like that that have been able to change their sex based off their environment, right? Like they've been able to, like if there's an environment where there's only male frogs, and mm-hmm. then, then usually one can change to a female or vice versa. So that can happen. That's but, an amphibian thing. Right, right, right. An amphibian. Thank you. Thank you for the, I'm, you know, I'm not all caught up on my amphibian and my <laughs> reptile talk. So when it comes to the experts, please, you know, make sure that you tune into Animal Planet or Discovery Channel for all of that <laughs> stuff. That's where you'll get the actual experts on that. But for a crocodile, I mean, that's a big creature to be, you know, Figuring out a way to get itself pregnant. I, I I still stand by my initial assessment that a fella got in there, that a fella croc oh got in there, God. that may have been, you know, maybe it was a brother or something like that. Oh, so that, that way the that's why the DNA looks so similar. Look, I, I'm just a realist, guys. I'm over here got to Detective Jared to uncover the truth. Yes, that, that's what we do here on the Nightcap with Jared Elmoto. Is we uncover the truth on things because that's a big freaking animal to be figuring out how to get pregnant with itself. Because you know that there are some humans out there that may. Uh, Want to avoid the idea of having a court of man all together and wish that they could have their own. Uh, <laughs> There's that. Yeah, see, so so there are plenty of fella or plenty of ladies out there that would probably want the exact same thing that this crocodile mama was trying to do herself. Now there are there are other stories that we've got to get to here. One of the stories that I was that I've teased here that we have to get to obviously is this Live Golf PGA Golf merger. You have a lot of people that are really really upset about this, uh, including. Rory McIlroy, who is huge in the golf scene. Tina, do you even know who Rory McIlroy is? Rory McIlroy. Exactly. So not everybody knows who Rory McIlroy is. So he's a huge golfer, was gigantic a couple of years ago. He's kind of fallen off a little bit, but he's gotten much better. Um, This is what he had to say about the whole merger of Live Golf and the PGA. I still hit Live. Like, I hit Live. Like, I, I... Hope it goes away, and I would fully expect that it does. Well, except they're merging together there, so that's the short story with that one. That's going to be – I know there's a lot of uh, gray area with how this is all going to end up working out, but, man, the PGA looks like a bunch of sellouts right now. I'm not going to – from an outsider looking in, you know, they were like, we don't want the Saudi money, we don't want to be involved in that, but as an outsider looking, I'm like, you kind of just gave the Saudis a seat at the table there. Real quick before we go here, because I know we're running out of time per usual – uh, Stephen A. Smith, usually known for his sports takes on things, got political this week. He talked about Biden's re-election campaign. Listen to this, guys. I'm not impressed with what I've seen. I've been very concerned with what I've seen and the fact that he's going to be 82 years of age right. at election time if he were to win the election and he'd be in the White House until he's 86 years old. I think in the year 2023, it is utterly embarrassing that the liberal side has him as their best Candidate, what does it say about you when that is the best candidate that you can give the left? That is ridiculous. That's not a knock against Joe Biden. More so than it's an indictment against the Democratic Party. Well said there. Interesting. I didn't realize that Stephen A. Smith was going to jump on the political scene. Be careful, Stephen A., there when you go there, though, because all of a sudden, people that like your sports takes, the second you jump on, whether you're left or right, all of a sudden, 
half the uh, half of your viewers may be turned off based off your viewpoints here. So that would be my lesson to Stephen A. right there. But hey, he makes a lot more money than me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this very first edition of The Nightcap with Jared Yamamoto. The good news for you is that news, weather, and traffic are next right here on 95.5 WSB. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.